What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam. This is Danny. And together we're exploring the letter of Colossians. What's up? What's up? We are back, man. We are in it. We are back to the second podcast. Hey, I, I thought, are we not including the name of it in the intro? Oh, I, I didn't think about that. Welcome to the one-two punch <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we are, however we introduced it, we are here. <laughs> we are. We have we, arrived. We are and, in. And we are excited. Uh, we are going to be covering through this podcast verses 6 to 12. Uh, as you know, the first two sermons covered uh, verses 1 through 3 in the first sermon. And then the second sermon, uh, two, uh, the second sermon was verse three, four, and five. And hopefully by now you got you got a little bit of uh, an idea that man, there's a lot to uncover uh, in this book. Yeah, there's a lot, and you know, one of the things we talk about is that you know, no, nothing is wasted, right? No word, every word is precisely in there. God wants it in there for a purpose, for a reason, to either reveal something about himself or reveal something about ourselves, and, um, and and that's what it's about, because paper back then was was not in a, a an abundant resource, mm-hmm. so choosing what to write is, is important. Yes, and, and, and Paul wastes no words, and he's from the beginning trying to teach uh, these people who he d- does not know about the power of the gospel. And verse 5, let's go back to verse 5, just read it, and then go into verse 6, because they are somewhat together. It says, Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of these you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it, understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learn in from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, his faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. So those are the, uh, just the first part here as we, uh, as, as we start this podcast. He starts to talk about the word of truth. Uh, I think this little statement, the word of truth, uh, the gospel, it's so it's so profound. It's so profound for us. It's so pro, it should be pro, profound to every followers of Jesus. Um, yeah, I think it's important you say that, right? Because here, gospel is short form, or this compression that Paul uses. He refers to the gospel, as you said, as as the word of truth. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember to kind of be reminded of what the Colossians were struggling with here. What were they struggling with? False doctrine, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So what this is about it is about the truth. Yes, and and leading them to this, leading them away from that to very simple message that which is the gospel, and and as you you've already preached, Paul gives all his credit of who he is, why he's here in the first sections, but this is the gospel. It's the gospel of truth, as to opposed to what they have been hearing or learning about from the false teachers. And I think it is important for us to at least for briefly talk. What is the gospel? To ask this question: What is the gospel? What is the basis of it? Uh, literally means the good news. Uh, this good news is good. So often we look around the world for, through uh, to find good news. I mean, if you open the newspapers, if you listen to the radio, 
if you open the internet, social media, whatever you get your news from, we are bombarded with, with bad news, but we are craving good news. And that's what Paul is saying, the gospel is good news, right? And then he continues to say that it's not only good news, but it's also the word of truth. This news, this news is so good because it is true. So, uh, and when something is true, we know that something is reliable. If it is reliable, it's trustworthy. And if it's some trustworthy, it's something that you should put your faith in, place your faith in. Um, so, yeah, I think I think you talked about like what is the gospel doing in the sense, right? We know it's a good news, but is he's also reminding that they're not the only ones to receive this good news, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the good news. What does it, it, it initiates? Three things, faith, hope, and love, right? Yes, we we yes. see that theme that he talks about. Mm -hmm. Every time, anywhere, the gospel is preached, is talked about, it initiates these things, right? Yes. This faith, hope, and love. Every mm -hmm. time the grace of God is perceived in the gospel message. And and that's what Paul is, is saying here. He says he's trying to... This is not a unique, isolated experience for them. It's for everyone, right? Yes, yes. And and that, if you think of it as a pattern, right, as those things, every time the gospel is preached, every time the gospel is talked about, whether it's today, whether it's back then, at the time that Paul was writing to, or, or you and I today when we're talking, or even our friends and our families when mm -hmm, we're talking, mm -hmm. it, it produces these things, these mm -hmm. three things, which is faith, hope, and love. And, and, and that's what Paul is talking about. In verse 7 and 8, he talks about who... Who delivers the message, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, you I, I love that you cover. It's bearing fruit everywhere. And then uh, verse 7 and 8, he's talking about who brought this news to them. You learn just as you learn from Epaphras, which is in the first uh, intro, uh, to, in the podcast intro. We talked a little bit about him yeah. in Philemon, the letter. We find that he's also incarcerated. Yeah. So he's the one who brought uh, the gospel to Colossae, and, and I just imagine that Paul had uh, to be just overjoyed to hear and to learn uh, about all the things that this people in Colossae uh, was doing. So the confirmation that uh, what the gospel was doing in the life of these people was an encouragement to Paul. It was a confirmation of the power of the gospel, the extraordinary news uh, nature of the new of the good news of the gospel. So, and and there are some remarks about this guy that I think I'd like to highlight. Right, he's a beloved fellow servant. I mean, those three words uh, tells you a little bit about. Uh, uh, let's go back. Learned it from Epaphras. He was a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. And this guy was a teacher. He was uh, most likely also a preacher. Right, someone who could expound on in the word of God, expound on, on the gospel. So uh, people was learning from him, which meant he was, had some kind of authority, had yeah. some kind of relationship uh, with these people that uh, that they would submit to his to, to, to listening to him, which uh, which I think speaks a lot of him. Yeah, and in this thing, this could be where some of the undermining is coming from too, right? Mm -hmm. People are trying to undermine him, so Paul kind of affirms or confirms his standing. As his as a faithful teacher, mm. right? Mm. So like here he's like, hey, he's a faithful teacher. Yes. No matter what you might be hearing, this is the guy. Yes. Right. Yes. Pay attention to him. Pay attention to him, and I think that's great. And then he gives him this this statements that for me is the adjective, right? Uh, it beautifies his the, who he is, beloved fellow servant. I mean, that word beloved there is is an emotional word. There's an emotional connection there for me. That's what I, I like that. 
fellow means they share the same idea and servant means that they're not there to empower to be of power they're there to serve and i think that's a great example of a follower of jesus of a teacher i think for you and i as i as i read these i look at first and i and i read these words and i think about who i am uh, even though my calling might be to teach and preach god's word which yours is the same uh, we are nothing more and nothing less than what a servant. A servant, an instrument to be used, a tool to be used. Then, and if we see ourselves above that, then we start getting outside the bounds of of, of what the word tells us yeah. and what the word reminds us. But isn't that what people do out there? They elevate themselves as pastors, as preachers, as teachers of God's word, and say, "Well, you know what? I'm superior than you." Uh, so therefore bound down uh, to me now for the opposite of, of that in, 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 in is what Paul is telling us is that if you want to be a preacher if you want to be a teacher you must be a servant and Epaphos is a servant and then he goes on and continues he is a faithful minister right yeah uh, why wh- do you think uh, uh, do you see any difference into those what well, do, do, do you think about that I think minister is like a, is a prof- is more of like a profession. Mm-hmm. When I think about it, that's that's what you do. Uh, faithful is who you are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I am faithful to this message, meaning that what I am I am I faithful to what I profess? Mm. So am am what I say, what I believe. Mm-hmm. Do I believe what I say? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how many times do we tell people like you know jokingly like. Uh, don't do what I do, but well, how does it go? Do what I say, not do what say I do. Do, uh, do what I say, not what I do, whatever, right, something right, like that. Right, something right. like that, right? Yeah, 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 but yeah. like, it's not the way. Mm-hmm. It's as I do, as I say, so I do. Mm-hmm. So I, I, when I when I read it in that context, hey, this guy is a faithful person. Yes. And, and it qualifies him to the profession of being a minister, which is the minister is someone who brings the word of God, like from a... From a evangelist perspective right yes yeah, yeah. I, I mean I kind of led you to maybe a little unfair you were right um, I was going to do uh, the Greek words of both of these oh so <laughs> so you're you're right the first word serving there is the word for slaves the word dolo so fellow slave and then minister is the word diakonos which Where the word deacon came from, you know, in the church, the word deacon at one point was like this big deal, like you know, mm-hmm. oh, you know, what what people do not know is that uh, deacon is a servant, yeah. and and the word servant that he uses is a slave. Uh, so Paul is saying we together we are fellow slave of Jesus and a servant of the gospel, which is what you came in to say. He's to minister the gospel evangelistically to bring yeah. the word being given to her to be able to do that of Christ Jesus. On your behalf, he's all, he's this for you, mm-hmm. not for himself, for you, but for himself too. Sure, sure, but he's like, so, and, and I think that's a statement that is interesting because it kind of classify not only the what he was called to do, but to whom, right? Um, so many of us take for granted the places that we find ourselves in, the purpose to which he was, right? This was his purpose in this moment. He was called to be a faithful minister of Christ for them mm-hmm. in this moment, at this time. Mm-hmm. Well, on your behalf, right? And and so uh, he's like, you know, this is for you and has been made known to us your love in the spirit. And it's like, and he has talked to us about how the fruit of the truth 
uh, is coming about in your love in your life and and this word love uh, we have talked a lot in the church about it uh, but Jesus himself said that you people will know you by what and how you love by how you love the the world you know that you're my disciple by how you love one another I believe it's John 13 talks about that uh, elsewhere Paul says in Galatians 5 to the fruit of the spirit and you know the the, the things that the spirit Generating with you is what? Love. Love. You said that earlier. Uh, mentioned that a little bit about faith, love, faith, faith hope, 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 love, faith, hope, whatever love, you yeah. want to couple them. Um, but uh, Epaphras is coming, went to a minister of Jesus to these people, came to Paul and said, Man, these people, they know how to love. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and yeah, and, and I like the part of that verse, the end of it, where it says love in what? In the spirit, in the right? Spirit, yeah. So he's saying that their love was in the spirit and not of the flesh, right? Because that's the opposite. Sure. Right? It's a spiritual thing. We're spirit, it's a spiritual being. It's a spiritual type of love. And that's what he's highlighting here uh, rather than the opposite one, which we think of the fleshly love from mm-hmm. a fleshly standpoint. Yeah. He, the fruit of the spirit produces spirit love. Mm-hmm. And then we we'll, so then we move on, verses nine and on to verse twelve. He talks about you know since they are faithful, they are hopeful, and they are loving. He asks that God will add to these things a special kind of knowledge. And what mm-hmm. kind of knowledge is he asking about? Not a worldly knowledge of like you know politics, finances, mm-hmm. philosophy, mm-hmm. but knowledge of what God's will. Yes, and isn't that the most the most important knowledge of all is to recognize God's will. I call that the super knowledge. The super knowledge. Like no, I'm serious. I like that. I like I, that. That's what I call. Uh, he says, uh, he says that you be filled, yeah. filled with the knowledge of His will. I mean, I don't take for granted that little word "filled." Fullness, completely well, full. Well, well, we just talked about words are important, so it's it's. For sure, it's in there. Uh, I remember uh, going to school, growing up in Brazil. Uh, at times, me and my brother would get, walk to school. At times, my uncle of mine would uh, stop by with a motorcycle, and it would be four of us. Uh, we had a friend that would go with us, or it would some, sometimes it would just be my brother and I and my uncle. It would be like three people on a motorcycle. I know that's crazy, but this is... This is <laughs> that's life. Uh, that's life in Brazil in the 80s, the early 80s. And... Uh, but I remember one time my mom telling me, telling me to pack lunch, to put some lunch, and then we had this little container, and she's like, just fill that with rice. So I put rice in there, and she's like, no, fill it. Uh-huh. And I pull it to the brim, the little thing could not even close, and I closed it, and I was like, it was full. That's the kind of statement that Paul is saying here, like, don't live no nothing 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 no one little space yeah empty there fill yourself with the knowledge he's praying right because that's a prayer it says we do not stop praying for use asking asking requesting asking the god that you be filled with the knowledge super knowledge i love that uh, i don't know if you uh, know what the word knowledge here is this this word knowledge here in the Greek means acquired by participation. On what? In the will of God. Will He's of saying, God, yeah. yeah. But how do you know the will of God if you're not 
submerged in yourself in, in the Word of God, in what He says, in what He's saying. If you're paying attention on different things of the world out there, then you never have the super knowledge, uh, the truth of the Word of God, which reveals to us the will of God so that we will be filled with it. Right. So yeah, and and also to remember the context of the time, right? In those okay. days, mm -hmm. you know, you and I, everybody today living to, in the 21st century, have the entire Bible. Oh yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. These individuals at the time, they had what one, maybe a couple letters that was being passed around by the apostles. So what they have is gold in in front of them, in a sense, right? So they're holding on to every word that's being written. So how? Sometimes I always we don't think about that, right? We always think we always tend to think as if seeing things through our eyes, but we have to remember they just have a letter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> people would gather around uh, yeah. one place and somebody would read it and and they would memorize it, yeah. you know. This wasn't like Oh, so, pull your phones. Get your Bibles. Right we now, don't even, we don't even memorize anything. Anymore. No, I have my Bible in four different things right now. I have my book. I have my phone and the laptop over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now these people, they had, they had to pay really good attention. They had to interact, and and I think that's what this word knowledge acquired by participation here in the will of God is, and God's will is what, is the plan and the purpose of God for yeah. His people. So you know. Uh, He's not talking about uh, necessarily everyday stuff of God's will for you. Not necessarily, uh, but also, uh, but I think he's more focusing on a bigger picture uh, well, of I, God's plan and purpose for yeah. for you and I and for humanity. And, and I think that's where the, it's interesting to put the word wisdom in there too, right? Spiritual, wisdom. I believe spiritual wisdom and understanding is, is to know the things of God. Those are the things that will come up that you'll know, okay, I'm in this situation now. I know what God's word has says about this. That gives me wisdom, right? We talk about James talk about like you gotta ask for wisdom. Proverbs a lot about yeah, that. A lot yeah. of the Proverbs. So so Paul prays that God will somehow reveal and and he will supply the wisdom and the understanding to them. And, and in this context of the letter, that it would probably be in the ability to understand what he, Paul, was about to share with them, what mm -hmm. he's getting ready to share with them, which which is what we're gonna talk about in our sermon, because he's saying lean into this because he wants them to lean into that because he wants them to be able to understand and not only understand but apply yes yeah. right you can't and, just do one side and i think wisdom and understanding there it is really that like you know in the in the proverbs they uh if you read the definition of the word wisdom sophie is the skillfulness of living skillful living that's what mm. that's what literally that means and then uh, the word understanding is the ability to process and comprehend the relationship between two different subjects, two different uh, subjects, two different um, uh, concepts. So like, uh, you know, wisdom is the skillful uh, living that you gain by understanding how to relate with people, how different circumstances, how to relate to different circumstances and concepts in your life. Now, so uh, for Paul, it was important that these people uh, had an all-rounded all mind around the truth of the gospel and about the truth of who Christ was because of the false teachings that is that was trying yeah. to, in, to and, infiltrate and, them. And Paul elsewhere kind of leans into this too as well in Romans when he talks about that we're to be transformed, right, by the renewing of our mind, mm -hmm. right? So, so Paul is, as you can see, the theme he's carrying, 
because he's really in order for you to fully understand all the wisdom and knowledge and understanding of God is it's a it's a mind thing. You have to re- transform your mind sure, sure. and and of the things that is of God, and that's what he's kind of talking about here. It, I agree with you. His prayer for them and this little yeah. this little verse is that hey, that you got. I ask God that your minds will be transformed, that your knowledge, wisdom, understanding will be will, will be transformed, and then he gives the purpose. And I, you know, I love this little word so that. Uh, so that. Or or as to so as to here so that yeah. uh, a different translation will say the ESV says uh, so as to uh, different translation will say so that mm-hmm. uh, uh, I love that because it gives what purpose right mm-hmm. Paul said I'm making this prayer for a different mind for a different understanding for wisdom for understanding I'm praying this to God to to fill your mind for a purpose though what is the purpose. To walk in a manner worthy of Jesus, of the Lord. Yeah. Like, your mind dictates your right living. Right living flows out of right thinking. I know, I, I, so many times I think we miss that point. And I think Paul misses not of it. He's like, you know, I'm praying this so that your walk, how you live, would be worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ, worthy of Him. Um, so for me, what Paul is saying is like right thinking, mm-hmm. it will mold your life. So if you're going to re- re- live right, if you, the flow of your life is going to be according to Jesus, according to God's will, it all starts with the transformation of the mind. What are you thinking? Paul is, is, is asking them that God would help them to, to know what pleases him, right? What mm-hmm. is all the things that to him? So when you're talking about walking in a, way, in a manner worthy of the Lord and, and, and pleasing him in all aspects, there's a difference between what we see as the right thing mm-hmm. and what we want to do and what we end up doing, right? Sure, sure. Everybody's faced with that choice. But one of the things I think about, like, what, what does pleasing God look like? Uh, the- Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Do, no. do, do you want to hear something funny about the word pleasing God? Sure. So uh, that word in the Greek. Yeah. Okay, let's get nerdy here for a sec. So don't take this. This is a nugget. Just take this a nugget. Yeah, it's but a, it's important. Yeah, it's a rabbit trail. Go ahead. The, a rabbit trail. Rabbit trail. So <laughs> you don't like nuggets? So what? I, 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 too much nuggets. Okay. Uh, anyways, uh, sometimes. Uh, so this word, the, the Greek word is areskia. Areskia. Has it was always used in a bad sense? In a bad sense. What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna read from the from the Greek dictionary. To okay. please, an end of word to please, sometimes referring to excessive desire to please in a bad sense. In a good sense to please God. Only one time this word is used, and it's Colossians one ten. Oh wow. Really? I'm just reading for you right there. That, that's crazy. So this Greek word was commonly used by the people in the community as a negative term. Always. It carries the idea of someone who is, uh, I'm reading here again, sub, subservient. Uh, what does that word subservient means? Let me Google it here. Uh, obedient. Uh, less important, um, 
uh, submissive, submissive, yeah. submissive. Someone who is submissive all uh, um, uh, to his honor in order to get something from that honor uh, that they wanted. So they they are doing this so much uh, to the honor, so to get something in return. So. It brings this idea that um, uh, to pleasing God is that you choose to surrender to the truth of who Christ is in order to live a pleasing life to God. Does that make sense? Paul's using this term ultimately as a slave of Christ, that we must choose to be very submissive in such a way, in such an intensive way that we choose to surrender to the truth in order to live a life pleasing to God. Does that make sense? No, I, I think it does because what does a life, like fully as a servant, mm-hmm. look like? And as you mentioned, the word subservient means obey. Isn't that what we're called to do? Yes. Obedience? Obey? Yes. So this kind of obedience is like, is a blind obedience kind of deal. I don't know if blind obedience, like, yeah. Without object, objection. Yeah, yeah, without a meaning that, you know, it's like kind of militant. Yeah. Militant. Yeah. So like you surrender to such a way uh, that the owner looked and said like, that's my servant right there. I like that. I like that. So many of us would want our kids to be subservient. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are like, give us the how do, how, what book is that? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, what do you got? No, no, I, I like that because that kind of leads into what I was going to share about the three things that I feel like, what does what pleasing God look like? That mm-hmm. we, can, we can verbalize that in so many ways. We can talk about it. We can illustrate it. To me, it comes down to just being obedient, being obe- obeying God and not only obeying, but having the strength to do his will in every area mm. of our life, mm. right? Mm. That's easier said than done. Sure. You know, so so that's that's a big but one. Necessary, no, it's no, no. necessary. That's that's what that's what that's what Paul is calling us to do, right? So so that's the, that's the first thing. And then then he talks about you know bearing fruit, right? There's three, uh, four ing words here before you go in there. There's bearing, increasing, being, and giving. I don't giving. know if you noticed that. No, just pointing that out. Yeah. So it says. Pleasing, bearing, increasing, being, and giving. I-N-G words. See, Paul's a poet. He, oh. He's a, <laughs> okay, he's a, all right. <laughs> okay, he's a poet now. This is, this is, a, this is a poem or a letter? <laughs> oh, really? I, don't, I mean, I, don't I mean, it's I-N-G. I-N-G. No. As I was reading, studying it, I was, I'll notice this I-N-G. Yeah. Uh, and they're verbs, right? I-N-Gs and like how you do verbs in English. You're asking a foreigner. Okay, all right. Okay, so they are sure. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So go ahead. So the next one you're saying just be, just bearing bear fruit, fruit, right? You know, bearing fruit of the of good works in His name, right? The ability mm-hmm. to see and do the things honor God and witness without faith, right? You know, there there are to be some things. I've always talked about this that there are to be some things from your life. Mm-hmm. That bears fruit into yeah. the things that that you hold on to. So I always like to ask this question whenever I'm doing small group, like, what kind of fruit are you bearing? Sure. Don't have to answer. That's a self. That's a self reflection. Yeah, thing. that's right. Uh, the phrase uh, "bearing fruit" is used frequently in the Bible. Yeah, both literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Like you know, so here's a couple of examples just for those who. Or listen as literally the fruit of in the Garden of Eden. God created the fruit trees and, and instructed Adam and Eve uh, uh, 
than to be fruitful multiply right both of there he created fruits mm-hmm. and then he told them don't eat of this one but then he goes on and say be fruitful multiply mm-hmm. uh, literally metaphorically being fruitful to, it has also this spiritual co- idea to it right uh, bearing spiritual fruit the Bible also uses the concept of bearing fruit as a as a metaphor to producing good works and living a life that is pleasing to God, right? In the New Testament, Jesus tells his disciples that they will be known by their fruits, yeah. the fruits of their lives. Matthew chapter 7, yes. verse 16 and 20 talks about that. What he means there is that your action will demonstrate yeah. whether they are truly followers of God or not. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, what do we have there? The fruit, fruit of, the of the spirit, which you already yeah, mentioned. The, these are the things that are there. There are nine characteristics that 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 Paul talks about in there. This, these are the things of from a from a. If you think about, uh, never want to think of qualification, but if you want to kind of look at your life and see, are you how are you bearing fruit when it comes to love, joy, peace, things like that. Sure, sure. And then there's consequences for not yeah. bearing fruits. I know that nobody likes to talk about this, but if you don't bear fruits in the Bible, there are warnings about the, the consequences of not bearing fruit. Yep. And now you remember the parable of the bearing fig tree? Yep. Luke chapter 13, verses 6 and 9. Yeah. There was some cutting down there. The cut owner of down. the vineyard orders the tree to be cut down because it did not produce fruit. John chapter 15, verses 1 and 8, Jesus says that anyone who does not bear fruit will be cut off so it's important to pay attention in little statements like this the concept of bearing fruit in the Bible can refer uh, to several things here uh, both literally and metaphorically uh, but regardless the lessons are there yeah, and I think when I think in the in the context of the verse, he's talking about how you please God right Mm -hmm. he's saying like you know as I was saying obey God bear fruit and then and if all else fails, continue to increase your knowledge, right? Continue to increase your knowledge of not just his will, but of, of Jesus himself as a being. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul recognizes as he goes to the next that they're going to need some help in that. Sure. We're going to need some help with that. And that's where the next verse kind of kicks up. Mm-hmm. And he says, so may you be granted what? All power. Mm-hmm. Right? That's now, what the verse... You're reading, boy. What? Being what? strengthened. Strengthened, yeah, with, sorry. No, you, you, you're right. It's a different one. Being yeah. strengthened with all power. Yes. Uh, yes, I, I love uh, what you said um, there. Um, the word... Um, like stre- this stuff, he's saying, basically, these things in and of themselves, you can't do without the strength of God. No. You need to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit, by God himself. So that you can do those things, so you can be obedient, so you can bear fruit, so you can continue to increase in your knowledge, right? It all hinges on the power of God and you allowing the power of God to work in your circumstance, in your life, and in your situation. Paul is, remember, Paul is praying to who? Praying to God mm-hmm. for these people, for them to get this mind change so that their life flows would be different. And that all comes back to what you're saying. It is only empowered by God. You can't do this on your own. It's power is it's empowered by God. Uh, the word strengthened there, uh, let me be nerdy here, is the word to enable. To enable you. Mm-hmm. It's to give you the ability to do stuff. To enable you. Being enabled with all power according to the glorious might. For all endurance, patience, and joy. 
Yeah, I mean, I think of this like, even if I wanted to do it, you can't. That's why he's saying you have to be enabled. That's why you, you like to use that. You give us the word that and it means to be enabled by the power of God so that we can do it. So even if we wanted to, mm-hmm. we couldn't do it. No, yeah. We have to be enabled. We have to be enabled by the Holy Spirit, by the power of God. So that we can do these things. And, and, Paul, and Paul, as you said, he's asking for God mm-hmm. to intervene and provide whatever is necessary for obedience. For, to, 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 to obey, to grow, mm-hmm. and to, to know God more personally and more intimately. Yeah, and, and according, to his, according to his mighty, uh, his glorious, glorious might. For, and then I have these three little words here that I like to, I like to say. So he says, endurance, patience, and joy. <laughs> Endurance for me has everything to do with the circumstances of life, the situation you find yourself in. We have to endure the situations. Patient has to do with relationship. Mm-hmm. Endurance is used for situations. Patience is used for people. You don't have patience in the situation. You have patience with people in the situation. Mm-hmm. You don't endure people. You endure the situation. And then mm-hmm. joy is applicable to both. You gotta have you have joy in both areas, yeah. people, relationships, and the situations you find yourself in. So Paul is saying, like, you know what? That God may give you the power, may give you the, may enable you to have the strength, the power, to go through these things, to be patient with people, and just to have joy in the midst of both. Yeah, I think in 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 both these things that you talk about, Paul, he's just. As you talk about patience, I really like that. And I was thinking about that word patience, right? It's not just the ability to wait around, mm-hmm. or, or, but rather the ability to bear under the load of persecution, oh, wow. trials, mm. opposition without anger, mm. resentment, and sometimes self-pity, right? We, mm. we struggle with those. And, um, you know... I, I like that. <laughs> I, that's, that's good. I... I, I you know, I have always patience. Such a hard word for for human beings, right? Like it's just not something that we are very um, um, drawn to, right? We we want results at our pace, and I think the the, the idea of patience uh, really um, it's just not something that we we are in tune with. Uh, I think I said earlier or in a different place or maybe we were having a conversation that patience the opposite of retaliation uh, and the reason we retaliate is because oh that was last week's podcast yeah uh, is is because we want results in a specific way and and I think that's a problem that's a problem when we take powers in our own hands in order to pay back or to get yeah. even and um, and as long as it's true in our culture, it's okay, I chose, but that's never leads for us to flourish. Uh, so that patience has this idea of waiting on God, and you can only wait on God if you have the strength, the ability that God gives you to be patient. You can be patient on your own. Yeah, and this idea of endurance, as you were kind of talking about, it, had me thinking about the ability to hold out against provocation, right? Mm. Meaning that we are not ruled out by our temper or passions, but rather by these three things that we've already talked about that Paul highlighted was love, faith, and hope, mm-hmm. right? That's what we're enduring for. That's what we're holding on mm-hmm. to, yeah. right? So uh, in, in, in other translations of this this verse, the word steadfast is used. Yes, that's right. That brings the idea of, of that endurance, right? Steadfastness is where 
we're, we're able to, we're being tested, right? Yes. Uh, but we're holding on. Holding right? on. You know, yeah. um, they are being tested in their congregation at the time. Paul, Paul calls upon God to increase their knowledge and their spiritual abilities and their power to resist divisiveness, to resist, mm-hmm. to resist quitting, to resist so that they can endure, be steadfast, but also be patient, right? Mm-hmm. Enjoy the situation, mm-hmm. be patient with each other as mm-hmm. you talk about situation versus relationship. Mm-hmm. And then he finally talks about, he says, with joy, as we talked about uh, joy, and we, we, we kind of already hit on that. That's That goes in both areas. How do you have joy when you're going through the trial? How do you have joy when you're going through the situation that you're going through? Uh, and that really comes from 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 Christ. From Christ, yeah. And I and I, you said we are holding on. We are holding on. We are called to stay fast. To endure. We are holding on um, for hope, uh, love, hope, and faith. Faith, hope, and love. And uh, and so many times, let me. I mean, I'm not a, a, a good with words to make people see, but maybe maybe you can see this. Maybe so many times you think about holding on is that you went you went up this tree and you slipped and you're holding on the branch. And you know that your fingers is slipping on and you're holding on those branches so tight, but you know you don't have enough power to hold on to it. And, you, and at one point, you're going to let go and you're going <laughs> to fall all the way down to the ground and you're going to get hurt. When we, when we hear the word hold on, that's how we hear it. Yeah. But what Paul is saying here, and, and that's steady fast, and I want to highlight that when you are holding on on the branch of the tree, and it's about to fall, and your fingers are slipping. What Paul is saying here, because of the strengthening, because of the prayer, and because mm-hmm. of the component of God and the Holy Spirit and what God does, what he's saying is that God is holding your foot. He's under you. His foot is on the ground. His hands is stretched high, holding the bottom of your feet. You're holding on the branch, but you know you're secure. You're not going to yeah. fall. <laughs> That's a different way. I can hold on for days like that. We, we can, we can <laughs> steadfast hold on for days there because what? God got you. Yeah. And that's the image that I think God's, uh, Paul is trying to pass on to his people and pass on to us. You hold on. Yeah. And that's why he leads into verse 12, right? Mm-hmm. He says, giving thanks to who? To the Father who's holding you up. He's qualified you. And he's, he's holding you, and then he, yeah. Most of us is complaining about God while he's holding our foot up, and we're not, you know, we're so limited. We're looking for him like, where he at yeah, when he's, he's under like us. He's under us, just <laughs> holding your foot up. And and you're complaining, and how many of us have gone through circumstances that it's hurting so bad, things are so bad, and we but we're never consumed. We never lose. We ended up in the end winning, and through it all, we forget that God was the one who sustained us through the whole the whole holding on, you never fell, you never hit the bottom. You know why? Because God was there. It could have been a lot worse, and we don't recognize. And instead of giving thanks to God for sustaining us through it all, what do we do? Give we up. just complain. We give up. We we give, you know. And and God's like, and Paul reminds people, I'm asking that God would change your mind, so to change your behavior, so that you'd be thankful to God for what He has done in yeah. your life. And then he goes on, and as we're going to finish here, he makes this very important statement. Give thanks to God who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Before he called it hope, now he calls it inheritance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he said... 
uh, what about this word qualified? What, what do you think? What, what do you, what, oh, God has qualified. I, I don't know, the last time... Yeah, I'm not going to fall for your trap. No, 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 no trap. <laughs> you know, you think about qualifying. I was like thinking about uh, my kids and soccer tryouts. They go there and they do all these things for a coach. The coach watches it and in the end... Decides if they're qualified, qualified or, not. or not to be on the team. That's how we see qualifications. But how you is... You see qualifications, it, I'm going to apply for a job. Dating. People think of dating as, does this person qualified to be my spouse? Uh, we have to do a few things to be qualified, right? Uh, we are foreigners. To become American, we had to do what? Had to be qualified. qualified. You got to get your qualifications. You got to get... Fill out all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we're uh, Americans, though we are, yeah. <laughs> After a lot of qualifications, um, so um, that's not the case here, though. Like you don't do nothing. Who qualifies you? Christ does. Jesus does. God does. That's exactly it. Uh, uh, Christ is the one standing there in front of the Father uh, in that moment of of the qualification and he steps he's the in. standard he's he, the standard he's the standard jesus he smiles he slaps you <laughs> in the back like, and said i got your back this one's on you. me <laughs> yeah he, he's qualified i i got him in there uh so um so the father invites you into the soccer team because of it yeah. and you enter and the qualifications is on the basis of his beloved son um so that so that to make sure you need to make sure you understand is the son is the one that qualifies us yeah and then he talks about and then he goes on to say how jesus qualifies us yeah well the, right? in, the inheritance right yeah oh two out to, yeah, yeah what we to, get the inheritance yeah. of the saints yeah. and, and that's the inheritance that we share which mm -hmm. this is the promise that god has to all who believe and obey jesus christ's son mm -hmm. which is three things real quickly forgiveness of sins yeah Resurrection from the dead. Amen. Eternal life forever. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, we can go into a lot more. Sure, sure. Is, no, yes. I think, about, I think it's, it falls down to those categories, That's, right? Yeah. And, and I love how Paul finishes this section by referring to Christians as saints in the light. Mm. Mm. Uh, because what you will read on, which we won't cover here. Well, is we that, can talk to the base a little bit. It's okay. going to be covered in the Bible study. We can yeah, cover. Yeah. We can. He, he talks about Jesus. He's the king of the kingdom of light. Yes. So we are saints of the light, and yes. Jesus is the king of the kingdom of light. So I, I think it's very interesting. So light light sets up a visual bridge for us here. Yes. As we, we go from the next verse where we'll compare the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the sun, mm -hmm. which is light. Light. Uh, you know, there's some pet peeves of mine. You have heard me say this many times. People say, you're sinners. No. Followers of Jesus are what, Danny? Saints who sometimes sin. That's right. We are saints that sometimes sin. Uh, and so, and saints, we are saints in light. Mm -hmm. There is a there is a qualification there. Saint, saint is, a, is the word set apart, uh, yeah. you know. So, we are saints, but we are saints of light, which means we, have, we, we operate by the rule of a king. Yeah. And he, this king is Jesus. The gospel, Jesus says, I came preach the gospel of the kingdom, mm -hmm. the kingdom, right? And that kingdom means that there is an invisible uh, uh, boundaries of God reigns that it starts and ends in the hearts and the life of his people. 
-hmm. We are God's people submitted to the ruling of Jesus Christ. And and that's and, yeah, and, and 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 that should give us this this comfort, this this level of recognizing and peace to know that one, Jesus is Lord of all. Mm -hmm. Two, we have something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And three, not only can we ask for for blessings from a material standpoint, but for spiritual blessings as well. Like, you know, things that Paul prayed for himself in this letter so far. Knowledge of God's will, the ability to be fruitful, spiritual power for us to have in our Christian virtues, mm -hmm. and to be joyful as we endure and to have thankful hearts. I think these are some of the things and more that we have to look forward to as being mm -hmm. saints in the light. Amen. So. Amen. And I think the Bible study covers verses 13 and 14 really yeah. well. You need to yeah. pick back on that. So back to the first study intro. You got the sermons. You got the podcast. You got to go do the Bible study. Yes. Join a small group. I think Join a small group. It'll be better at learning from each other. You know, I think sometimes it's it's not, nothing wrong with learning on your own. Sure, yeah. No, but there's, so, there's a lot more to also be learned from, from others. And too. There's a reason why we're doing here this together. Yeah. Right? Having a conversation. We both have studies and... We study and we come together and we and we learn for each other and, that's right. and talk about what God has taught us. So yeah, yeah. So that's uh, Colossians chapter one verse six through twelve. We hope mm -hmm. that you enjoyed kind of uh, learning there. If you if you learned something, if you picked up on something, and you like to share with Sam and I, feel free to to reach out. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. But as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening to us. Not watching. watching. That's next. That's, that's next. The, but, next. The, the fall one, the fall, the fall one, the fall. Thanks for listening, and as I always said before, we sign off. Be blessed. Have a great one, everyone. <laughs>